Hey, Sound Opinions listeners, if you support us on Patreon, you get to listen to our podcast ad-free on Patreon. You're listening to Sound Opinions, and this week we'll be talking with the Israeli musician Tamar Afek. I'm Jim DeRogatis. And I'm Greg Cott. But first, some buried treasures. Buried treasures. Greg, regular listeners of the show know that every uh, uh, six, eight weeks or something like that, we like to dig deep and share with our listeners music that is flying below the mainstream radar that they may not have heard of uh, that uh, we think deserves a wider audience. It's always a fun time. And I am going to lead us off with this week's picks. Uh, it's actually uh, my first choice is by a guy who is an old friend of ours uh, from the indie rock days, from your former stomping grounds of upstate New York. I am talking about Pat Thomas. Uh, he has reactivated his band Mushroom. Let me, let me tell you about Pat Thomas. <laughs> I, I first met him uh, when he traveled down in the van from Rochester with his as the drummer in his band Absolute Grey. I think we were two of the biggest Paisley Underground fans on the East Coast, mm-hmm. and he was even a bigger fan. I mean, he got way into the Dream Syndicate. We're both writing for fanzines, right? Pat has never stopped that love of music that an 18, 19-year-old kid has. He started a record company, Heyday Records. He uh, traveled to England, tracking down original members of the incredible string band and Pentangle and Fairport Convention, Shirley Collins, putting out long out-of-print releases. He's a darn good writer and musical historian. Uh, he did a biography of Jerry Rubin. He uh, did a did a fantastic collection of uh, snarly, sarcastic interviews with Lou Reed. Uh, <laughs> My week beats your year. Uh, some of the best Lou Reed. And and he's never stopped drumming. Uh, I will say, and this is the highest compliment I can pay any drummer. Uh, he really has a style like Yaki. Liebesit, mm-hmm. uh, the great drummer from Cannes. And Mushroom, it's right there in the name, is inspired by that Krautrock movement of the early 70s. Uh, improvisational. It's gotten raves in the underground press uh, for being great uh, trippy rock, and it's gotten high praise in Downbeat mm-hmm. for being serious jazz. In uh, in August 2019, uh, Pat and the current uh, version of Mushroom recorded a new album called Songs of Descent live in San Francisco's uh, Makeout Room, and I'm going to play a track from it. Uh, it, It's just fantastic. Uh, If you love this kraut rock, space rock, trippy jazz rock, uh, two men say they're Jesus, one of them must be wrong, (laughs) by Mushroom.
illustrious Mr. Pat Thomas. I'm somewhat ashamed, Greg, we've never had him on the show because he's done so much great stuff. We should just do a Pat Thomas show. Uh, That's his band, Mushroom. Uh, That that track uh, evolves and expands and blows your mind. There are many pieces. Do listen to all of it. No, it's wonderful. Um, I mean, obviously, the title, you go, this can't be bad. This is going to be, <laughs> no, this is going to be at least this interesting. It's got to be good. But uh, the, the, uh, the whole idea of noise being sort of a, uh, a narcotic, sort of, you don't get uh, deafened by the noise, you sort of bliss out to it. And a yeah. big part of that is that hypnotic drum groove that starts up about a couple minutes into the song and just never quits. So I, I do love that. Uh, I'm going to go something a little bit more melodic for my uh, first choice. UVTV, a band out of Gainesville, Florida, not exactly a, a uh, hotbed of uh, this style of music, but uh, this, this band uh, started there and has since moved to New York uh, for their third album, which is the one I want to highlight today. Uh, they, their first two albums were very uh, catchy, DIY, indie pop, rock, mm. very, uh, the reference points, you know, Pop Punk, Garage, a lot of UK uh, 80s influence. You know, mm-hmm. House of Love, uh, a lot of primitives. I'm hearing a lot of those kind of reference points. To my mind, they're not reinventing anything, but they are writing really good melodic pop songs. Um, this third album is self-produced. Uh, I love Rose Vestola, the lead vocalist. She's got that sort of deadpan mm. vocal style that perfectly complements uh, this music. And then the guitarist... Uh, Ian Bernasette, I hope I'm pronouncing that name correctly, Ian. Um, He's a whiz, man. This album incorporates different tones and textures on the guitar, but it's all focused on the song and the melody. Uh, Here's a track called Back to Nowhere from UVTV on Sound Opinions. TV with Back to Nowhere. The name of the record is Always Something on Sound Opinions. You uh, you perked up my ears with that. Uh, first time I played it to sample what you were going on about, I, I had one word. Mm-hmm. Effervescent. Yeah. Uh, you know, in a very positive way. I mean, it is impossible to listen to that and not smile and not want to hit repeat as soon yeah. as it's over. Yeah, it's a catchy little tune, isn't it? It's a great tune. Um, I also love... Uh, a little bit of sour mixed in with my sweet. Uh, UVTV was all sweet, right? Uh, Shower Curtain, the next band I'm going to highlight, You Make Me Feel is the song, is a fantastic example of that uh, lulling, evocative, poppy, uh, seductive sound, and suddenly the noise mm. comes in! <laughs> I, I just love it. Um, I had never heard of this project before. It is led by a woman, Victoria Winter, uh, who is a Brazilian-American. She's based in New York now, is making quite a name for herself on that New York underground scene, Uh, had two previous EPs. Her third is coming out shortly, and apparently she has upped the noise. So more sour, still pretty sweet. This one, I guess, was recorded in her native Brazil. And I was wondering, uh, you know, I don't 
read up. I mean, I let the music suck me in first, and then I look for the story of these artists, and I was like, there's something different here. There's something exotic, right? Oh, wow, okay, there is just a hint of those native uh, Brazilian jungles going on here, and the rhythms, of course, the complicated uh, South American rhythms. Um, I don't know. I'm eager to hear what you think, uh, Mr. Cott. You Make Me Feel by Shower Curtain. I don't want to keep fighting Shower curtain, you make me feel. Our producer Andrew Gill is noting, uh, you know, in the tr- in the great uh, non-name band name uh, like dry cleaning. How drab can we make our curtain. band name? Title? Have we really <laughs> reached the end of all possible monikers for band names? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's quite possible we're running out of things. It's uh, it's household objects now. You know, the most overlooked household well, object. you know, I, becomes I go back, a, uh, a band name. It's not all that new. I go back to 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 why who told yeah, me yeah. that in 76 they wanted the dullest uh, <laughs> name they could possibly find, one that had no connotations whatsoever until they put them on there. So as far as I'm concerned, uh, Victoria now owns Shower Curtain. Well, I, <laughs> she does indeed. I'm, I'm never going to look at a shower curtain the same way ever again, thanks to this song. Um, I like the noisy burst in there, the sing-songy thing. I'm going, okay, this could, this could be painful, you know, my entire song. Yeah, but she stuff. faked you out, didn't she? <laughs> she did. When that guitar comes in. She did. She did indeed. Um, I wanna, the next uh, track I want to play is from a, a hip-hop artist named Ka, who has been uh, part of the New York City underground scene for three, yeah, since the early 90s, right? Mm. Uh, incredible string of longevity and quality music uh, in there. A Brooklyn-based rapper. Uh, former member of uh, the group Natural Elements, uh, they were, uh, again, underground before underground was a thing in hip-hop, mm-hmm. really, uh, especially in New York, because, you know, everything was mainstream New York. It was just huge back then. Um, he has persisted for a long time making music. Meanwhile, he is a Brooklyn-based fire department captain. Really? A gentleman in his late 40s now, uh, still making really strong hip-hop records, essentially as a hobby, a part-time kind of thing. Well, you know, the fire department works like three or four days straight, and then they have yeah. a week off. So they, they, yeah. you, you make a get, record, you can go back to putting down done. fires. Yeah. I have many, many friends who are firefighters in Chicago, so I totally understand what that lifestyle lends itself to. You have entire yeah. days where you're not doing things, and then you are in the middle of it. Yeah, This guy has seen a few things. He lives in that Brownsville neighborhood in, in Brooklyn, which mm. is, um, I believe, for a number of years, had the highest murder rate of any precinct in the uh, uh, in in New York City, yeah. uh, it's a rough neighborhood. Uh, he's been there, um, you know, basically all his life. Uh, so he's got some hard tales to tell about uh, living there, working there, what it means to be an African American in, in an urban environment in our country. Um, and it's not, you know, like it's not a, like he's browbeating you. He's a very quiet. Uh, rapper, but he's one of those guys when he talks, that voice has such listen. gravitas yeah. to it that you almost want to lean in, like, what's going on yeah. here? Great storyteller. 
um, there's a spiritual element to the music. He's mixing in the grit of the streets that he's um, writing about and rapping about, but at the same time, there's a sort of a spirituality. And I, it's hard for me to, it's not like it's, you know, all churchy and religious, but there is an element there uh, that there's more to life than just sort of uh, getting by every day. So the name of this song, uh, PWH, that I'm going to uh, play, uh, it's a reference to the line, to get everything we needed, we was praying, wishing, and hoping. Mm. That's the reality of the existence that he knows. Yeah. It's from his latest album, A Martyr's Reward from Ka on Sound Opinions. Never hung I had defeated to get everything we needed, we was praying, wishing, and hoping. To get everything we needed, we was praying, wishing, and hoping. I ain't make this environment, just painting the pictures. If you ain't spreading love, you paint with sickness. With stern face, learn grace, replace hate with indifference. I do all like a prophet, I make it with interest. Ka, a martyr's reward is the album PWH. I went and listened to the whole album, Greg. Yeah. Uh, but this track, I know why you chose this track. So, <laughs> Sound Opinions listeners, you know, Greg never talks about it, but he is a keyboardist, right? <laughs> and and the organ happening yeah. there, you know, it's well, as that's if... that's the churchy element, right? Well, you yeah, know? but it's John Lord mm-hmm. from Deep Purple playing the cathedral organ. Yes, the psychedelic <laughs> yeah, church yeah, organ. Yeah. yeah, I knew you yeah. would love that. It's great stuff. The entire album is well worth checking out. Now we want to hear from our listeners. Do you have a buried treasure everyone should hear? Let us know in our Facebook group or in our Patreon community. Leave us a voice message on our website, soundopinions.org, as well. Coming up, we share more buried treasures. Then we'll talk with Tamar Efek about one of our favorite albums of the year so far. That's In a Minute on Sound Opinions. And we are back. We have a couple more buried treasures to share. And Greg, because we were so fascinated with our uh, conversation with Tamara Afek, we're going to do some bonus buried treasures on the bonus podcast. But I got one more uh, for this show. It is a song called Letter by a group, uh, or really one extraordinary woman, uh, who goes under the moniker Hot Kid, uh, run together, Hot Kid. You know, it seems as if Shiloh Harrison from Canada is producer, songwriter, lead guitarist, auteur, running her own label uh, into into multimedia, uh, just a, a fireball, a one-woman explosion of talent and energy. But even someone as self-confident and ambitious and nonstop energetic as Shiloh uh, has self-doubts. And and what this song, Letter, is about is uh, uh, dealing with those self-doubts, questioning yourself, and almost writing like a letter to yourself Mm. uh, (laughs) to remind you that you can do it. I, I know I can't take it because I've tried, she sings in the chorus. And yet, uh, moving again from these dreamy kind of vocals into this big alt-indie sound, you know, she made it. She makes it, right? Mm -hmm. We're all going to make it if only we have the rock. I still believe. Here it is, Hot Kid Letter.
Letter by Hot Kid. Great stuff, huh? Actually, when you mentioned that you were going to uh, play this as uh, part of your uh, Buried Treasures, I said, where have I... Hot Kid, okay. And then I went back, and I realized in 2017, she put out an album that I really liked. Mm. And it's sort of in that similar vein to what Letter's about. It's, it's sort of that there's a dreamy pop element going through there yeah. in, in, you know, in, in a rock band context, which I really love. Speaking of that dreamy vibe, my next selection is in that vein as well by a group called The Armed. They have been around since 2009. Kind of a, the backstory here. It's a, a band out of Detroit. Uh, they have taken great pains to uh, make their identities somewhat obscure. They're not big on, you know, uh, posting the names of the band members on their I- individual recordings. They have been famously obscure in, in interviews mm. about who's in and who's out of the band. The best we can say, it's a collective. You don't know, quite know who's going to be in on it all the time. And in the same way, it's really hard to put your finger on what the band is sounding like. Yeah. Because they're ostensibly associated with the hardcore punk scene. Uh, and I get that to an extent. But hardcore, man, when you put this record on That's and you're expecting you a hardcore <laughs> shot in the face, you're not going to get that all the way. There's elements of that in here, but there's everything else as well. Uh, I think one of the interesting aspects of, of this band is that they have collaborated for a number of years with Kurt Ballou, who is a legend mm. in the hardcore community with his Massachusetts band, Converge. Uh, been one of my favorite bands for decades. So Ballou has a... I'm not quite sure what role he plays, which is the way they play everything. You're not quite sure well, I, what's going on in the relationship I was going to say, you know, as I looked into them too, it's like that Pink Floyd thing. Yeah. The enigmatic cover, and we're going to leave you to fill in all the blanks right. uh, and only give you the music to go by. Exactly. And, and, and the music doesn't give you any real hints about who they are because it, they, they seem to have this incredibly eclectic taste yeah, in I, what they're doing. I had to take a phone call when I started listening to the album, <laughs> right? And I, I heard the song you wanted to highlight. And then I came back and I said, oh, man, Spotify once again slipped to another like algorithm that I don't care about. Right. But this sounds okay. And then I was like, wait, we're still on the same band. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So you're running the gamut from metal to electronic, from shoegaze to hardcore. I mean, it's all over the map. You know, I, personally, I like that sort of thing. I heard the first track on this record, and I was going, wait a minute, have I got the right band? I'm thinking yeah. The Armed. I'd heard some of their stuff before, and I just love this track. It's the title track from an album called Ultra Pop. It's their fourth studio album since 2009, and I love it. Um, but if you think everything else on the record is going to sound yeah. like this, you got yeah. another thing coming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's The Armed with Ultra Pop on Sound Opinions.
The Armed Ultra Pop. Good one, Greg Cott. I think I like all the treasures this week. But do you have a buried treasure we need to hear? Leave us a voice message on our website, soundopinions.org, or tell your fellow listeners about it in our Facebook group. Talk to me, don't blow my cover, let it all out, you're not my lover, you know you wanna cry, never said never, do you wanna see me die, it's just bad weather. That is a little bit of the song, Show Me Your Pretty Side, by our guest this week, Israeli singer, songwriter, and guitarist Tamar Hafek. I first raved about Tamar back in early January, episode 788, and chose the song you just heard a moment ago as a buried treasure. Uh, Later that month, her album, All Bets Are Off, came out, and uh, I think the two of us have been loving it ever since. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, this is a great record. It is one of those keepers from this year that I think is going to end up on some uh, top ten lists, including uh, the two people involved Don't want to tip off anybody, but... She's got a heavy classical and jazz music background, but she knew that her only path for her was to be a rock and roll singer. Yeah, it was just there. a songwriter and a guitarist. She's also a technician and a a music history devotee, as you'll hear in our interview. We began our conversation with uh, Tamara by asking about how she fell in love with underground rock, and specifically with bands like Fugazi and Shellac. I think I was drawn to what I called uh, the, the underground rock. I was drawn to it because of the aspect of the sound. I felt like I discovered the world of sound. It began with a guitar. You know, there are so many kinds of distortion, right? Like the distortion of Pantera isn't like the distortion of the Stooges and isn't like the distortion of Led Zeppelin. And I was very excited by the diversity in the guitar sound. Mm-hmm. And at a, at a later point, I began being fascinated with um, the whole recording process of uh, all the instruments, especially the drums, which is um, part of what led me to record the album in Depton Records. We can talk a, a little bit later why I chose to record it there. Yeah. But coming from the classical world, where sound wasn't really a topic, I mean, the sound was clean, you know, either mm-hmm. whether it was playing on the piano or, or singing in a choir with, with different orchestras. No one ever talked about the sound besides the sound that uh, you produce yourself, right, as a singer or dynamics in instruments if you play the cello. But we've never been talked to about the recording process. And I think that's one of the main things that got me fascinated with the ro- world of the underground rock. You mentioned Daptone Records, you know, and Daptone, of course, is a, a center for these wonderful old school, soulful R&B sounds. What made you want to record there? I remember when I was searching for uh, places to record that I read an interview with um, the technician and uh, co-founder of the label, um, Gabriel Roth, I think. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, recorded um, the Black to Black sessions and he talked about how he prefers 
uh, taking two weeks to find the right place to put a microphone on the drums as opposed to putting two dozen microphones on the drums and making it sound like like one thing right because like th one of the m the main things you confront with while mixing is that you try to glue all the microphone on the drums together to sound like one unit right and I love that I love the fact that he took that, that that's what he said and I felt like in the philosophical way I felt I, it connected to me in the sense that I preferred touring with my band uh, for two months uh, we, we toured Europe from one month and then the States for one month and I preferred touring for two uh, months to find find our sweet spot as a band and record one take rather than mm -hmm. a dozen of takes so yeah. I, I really loved that and connected with that and um, that was one of the main reasons uh, I chose it. It's a studio that is more familiar with soul and funk uh, music, which I also like the idea of recording uh, more rock. Um, mm -hmm. But the way they record is more old-fashioned, and the analog equipment uh, always has this sense of realism that glues the performance together. Yeah, a certain warmth, and of course, that's how the orchestra is recorded. Everybody's playing at once, there's one take. And you better know how to mic that orchestra. Exactly. So maybe singing with a choir and an orchestra did influence me. <laughs> yeah, <without> yeah <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Unconsciously. Do you still feel like you bring some of your classical training into what you're doing now, or do you see it as a completely different world? When you, you know, because you're talking about the way sound changed for you when you heard a distorted guitar. But are you bringing any of those uh, classical training lessons into into your your songwriting and your in your playing uh, currently that's a good question you know many times when people talk about genres they talk about sound but I believe that um, a genre also has an approach an attitude and sometimes there are a lot of similarities between genres for example you know when people heard jazz band and they wanted to to give it a compliment, it says it has the jazz, right? And when you see a rock and roll show, you say, yeah, this is rock and roll. And there is a certain attitude that, um, that connects between all these genres. And one of the attitudes in the classical music is there is a lot of discipline. Uh, when you learn a part, you repeat it again and again, and there are different kinds of techniques to do that. So I feel I bring with me the discipline of the classical music training I, I got into my rehearsals with my band. But also I feel like if you take a song like Russian Winter, for example, and you hear the bass line... You hear a, a distorted bass line and someone that isn't used to hearing this kind of music and comes from the classical world will might hear it and say ah this is uh, i don't like this this is like too noisy or this is this is, has a lot of distortion but if i have a cello play that part it will sound very classical i mean i still believe my arrangements are still pretty classically influenced and also during the covid 19 pandemic I found myself starting doing these acoustic versions uh, for our songs from the album in the form of chamber music. Uh, I did it with uh, an oboe player and a cello player. And um, we did a session for NPR and I did some sessions for different uh, magazines in Europe. And it's also something that I'm very excited about and it's fun to do. That's cool. Well, you mentioned Russian Winter. That song is very ambitious. Uh, I, I think the mm. mix of uh, sounds and genres, you're really 
it really isn't a genre. It's uh, it's multiple genres in that song. So when you're writing, you're obviously not thinking about, hey, is this a rock song? Is this is this going to be more classically influenced? It's all it's all kind of in a, a big blender. It sounds like. Yes, I mean, I started when I when I got into the rock and roll world. I started as um, w- what interested me the most was the guitar. I was uh, all about being a guitar hero and um, <laughs> dealing. <laughs> after, and dealing after playing a piano mm-hmm. uh, when you were a youth. Yes. The first instrument, yes. So guitar you discover at 18, you're going to be a guitar hero. Yes. And, I mean, explore the concept of uh, of the guitar hero. And, you know, my teachers were, you know, mostly uh, John Frusciante, Kurt Cobain. Later, later I got into Wes Montgomery and B.B. King and all that. But at the beginning, it was like more about what the hell was Jimi Hendrix doing? Yeah. I was like, really? Mm. I was like, I spent a good time just like, I can't, like, no way, no way. I just, I, I have nothing to do with this. I can see it, but it won't help. And then I got my first uh, JMP Super Bass Marshall. Now, you don't <laughs> live in Israel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, getting, but getting a Super Amp uh, Marshall from the 70s in Israel, you know, it's, it's declaring war. <laughs> and um, it took me a lot of time to get it, but then I got it. And once I got my uh, Wawa pedal, I started getting a grasp of what Jimi Hendrix was doing. It's funny because Jimi Hendrix is, uh, you know, we, we still didn't, didn't talk about it, but, you know, it was important for me to, um, to improvise on this album because I felt like improvisation was something that was missing a little bit from the rock albums that I listened to at the time I made, my, I made the album. And... Um, I was reading a lot about how jazz records were made and I was trying to, you know, get some techniques for improvisation. And then I remember I saw um, there's a show online on YouTube, the Jimi Hendrix Experience in uh, Sweden, live in Sweden in 69. And he starts the show by saying... uh, We're going to play nothing but oldies but baddies tonight because we haven't, you know, we haven't played together in about six weeks. So we're just going to jam and see what happens tonight. Hope you don't mind. You know, we're just going to mess around this jam and see what happens. And then they play, and it just sounds amazing. And it was like, I came back to Jimi Hendrix, I think, as a producer rather than a guitar player that tried to uh, understand what he was doing. I was starting also to appreciate him as a producer in the, in the sense that, you know, he, they, they basically improvised a lot of the show. And um, it also gave me this big drive of daring to improvise rock and roll on stage. When we come back, we will hear more about tomorrow's songwriting process and what the rock scene is like in Israel. That's in a minute on Sound Opinions. And we're back. This week, we're talking with the multi-talented artist Tamar Afek about her album All Bets Are Off. I wanted to know if her intricate genre-blending instrumentals were part of the song construction from the start or if she adds them later. At the beginning, when I was exploring the guitar hero, so I was just about you know playing the guitar parts I have and and build a song around it. You know who cares as long as yeah, I yeah. play <laughs> guitar really loud and good. 
But uh, then I started changing my approach completely and, and, and looking at it from a producer uh, point of view. And in that uh, process, I decided I'm writing all the songs on an acoustic guitar and the um, arrangements and the production will come later. And basically the way I worked on this album was, you know, I, I, I used to tell this um, uh, when I talk about my production technique, you know, many times... Many times, you know, musicians have this thing, which is not bad, but it's like, it's all about don't ruin the song, you know, like the song is so important and you don't <laughs> have to, you, you can't ruin the song. And I, I can't, you know, I came from Israel. I, I wanted to tour the States. I wanted to tour Europe for a girl from Israel. You know, who cares about the songs? Who cares about anything? I just want to tour, you know, the songs are an excuse for touring. So in the same way, I felt like the songs are an excuse to make music. I want to make music. I want to have like this really interesting baseline going in the background and I wrote one an interesting drum part in the background and I I want and that's the most important thing so the thing I would tell my musicians is imagine the song is like a car and um, now let's hmm. crash this car and <laughs> into a tree <laughs> and there's an accident <laughs> yeah yeah and um, well, you know, I still want people to recognize that this was a car, you know, maybe I wanted them to, rec to think this was a Maserati, right? But I still want them to um, crash the car into a tree. And this process involves different things. It brings special things from out of the musicians. I encourage them to do things that uh, normally other people wouldn't encourage them to do. But there are also, you know, some guidelines. I think Russian Winter and Crossbow the basic idea was that I felt that I wanted to have this raw kind of sound and feeling. Many times I feel when I hear new music, it's like I feel I'm getting this unconscious message of like, hear me, this is very good, this is very well produced, this is shiny kind of message. And I wanted to give a different message you know how when you're really hungry for, for a very, very long time, you haven't eaten anything and you don't have any food and then suddenly you, you have a tomato and um, there's no oil, there's no uh, lemon, there's no salt, there's no pepper, but you're really, really hungry. So you're eating the tomato and it's like the most amazing thing you ever tasted because suddenly you can appreciate like the raw tomato without anything. And this is the, mes the, the message I wanted to, to give. I wanted to give the message, I know how hungry you are, um, here are the bass, and here is the bass, and here are the <laughs> drums. I know you haven't heard them like this, naked, for a while, you know? Here, you can, you can meet them again, you know? I know it's been a while. Um, <laughs> Like, you know, I want to hear drums for like one minute, two minutes, just drums. I mean, if I would go to a show, I would just want to hear drums for a little bit. You know, I don't need everyone together all the time. I, something in the in the raw feeling, you know, today, especially in the DAW generation, I feel it. It's, that's what's ex that's the thing that excited me the most. Right. Mm hmm. Well, I, you know, uh, I don't want you to think tomorrow that we are obsessed with Russian Winter, uh, because I love every track on the album. I, I, the first one I played was uh, Show Me Your Pretty Side. But Russian Winter, right? You, you're talking so much about sound and um, musicianship and arrangements. 
I'm struck also by the lyrics, and I, I haven't seen many reviews giving you your credit there. Using, uh, you know, General Winter, as they call in Russia, right? You know, wasn't it wasn't uh, uh, the Russian army that defeated Hitler or Napoleon. It was the minus 30 degree temperatures in the winter. First, you first say, time uh, someone asks me, uh, someone hits the, the point, yeah. Yeah, well, you, you, you sing in that song, I'll fight the Russian winter straight into your heart. You say you can't see blood, but I, I plan to miss that part. I'll fight the Russian winter straight into your heart. You say you can't see blood, but I plan to miss that part. And um, I was wondering, you know, how that came to you. I love that. Yeah, it came to me while I was reading about uh, this book about... Um, <laughs> about uh, World War, uh, it, it's the, the book is called, uh, I I'm not sure how you say it in, uh, in English, it talks about like the crucial uh, mistakes that have been done in different wars in history. Mm. And the turning point, like uh, if, if Hitler wouldn't have uh, went to Russia, what would have happened, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and he explores it, but in different situations in Japan and all over the world. Um, and yeah, during history, there was a um, there was there were a compendium of high seas uh, military disasters, um, uh, which were a result of you know ins insufficient planning and miscalculation and um, meaningless ideologies. So I I use this phrase more like as a metaphor for wrong decisions and choices uh, one makes in life, and. I think the way to avoid these mistakes um, is by each side deciding about his or her red lines um, in every relationship on every level, whether it's social or political or personal. Yeah, yeah, the red lines. Well, you know, that leads into a question we, we have to ask you as a uh, smart, uh, passionate artist in, in Tel Aviv talking to us. It's been a hell of a couple of months, uh, and and violence on every side. How how do you create art in the midst of of that uh, bombs raining down? Yes, it's uh it's not easy. Um, it's definitely been uh, some challenging uh, uh, months, but I mean, I mean that's you know I chose to be a musician and. Uh, when I do music, you know, uh, the world outside doesn't exist. I'm just, uh, you know, in my space. And um, of course, songs like Russian Winter and, and Crossbow, you know, these are songs that are associated with destructive behavior. And, um, and I do feel like my songs, you know, the target is to put an end to all tragic uh, statistics of violence between human beings. So I feel like... It definitely influences my songs and my music, but on a day-to-day -day basis, I'm just me at my studio, you know, doing my thing. Beautiful confusion, delicate plants, beautiful solution, nothing to add. When Israel is functioning, 
and, and open, and there is not violence. Do you see both uh, your fellow Israelis and uh, people of Arab descent coming to shows? Is the underground uh, segregated in any way, or do people come together through music? Not enough. There are some events, you know, personally, I live in Jaffa, which is a place where Arabs and Israelis live together uh, in coexistence. You know, when the bombs uh, were happening, I was, I was, uh, you know, we go to the staircase. I, I, I sat with my Arab neighbors and we both together talked about, you know, how unfortunate uh, the situation is because of the extremists of both sides. Yeah. And um, yes, definitely there's, uh, it's not integrated enough. There are parties and events that try to, you know, that focus on, on the integration, but it's, uh, it's difficult. It's hard. I'm, you know, curious because you, uh, you know, you come from a country that isn't necessarily widely known for producing great rock bands, although I will have to say that I, I, I was a huge fan of Monotonics, uh, that I don't know if they were... You happen to see them at all, but the one thing that struck me about I Monotonics... Ju I just saw the singer yesterday. He's my neighbor here in Jeff. Is that right? That's great. My body language says And the thing I remember about them tomorrow was that they were so... Um, they set up right in the middle of the audience. It's like we're all in this together. We're not separating ourselves from the audience in any way. We're one of you. We're making a big noise here in the middle of this. And everybody was celebrating. I mean, here it is, the most jaded music conference in the world, right? All these people who had seen everything. And they're jumping up and down for monotonics because they were so amazing at the South by Southwest Music Festival in, in Austin, uh, you know, more than a decade. I think the band broke up like oh, 10 years ago, right? Or something like that. But they were amazing. And I wonder, you know, are, are there more shows, more bands like that in Israel? I mean, is that kind of the vibe when you go to a show? Or how are people responding to the music in a live setting there? You know, is it, is it like that all the time? Well, Monotonics is definitely a special band. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and they definitely, it's a band that also influenced me. Um, the, their guitar player, Jonathan Gatt, has a solo project now. Uh, I also have an EP that he produced, uh, so we are uh, good friends. Um, Monotonics was definitely one of a kind. There are, I would say there are a couple of Israeli bands that have uh, the same vibe, but it's still not exactly the same. But I do feel that Monotonics um, brought something very Israeli. I mean, you know, on one hand, we in Israel, you know, we didn't get a chance to experience a lot of great live bands. Um, you know, our, we, we mostly saw, saw it on YouTube or, you know, uh, someone went to the States and, and came back with stories. Uh, we didn't experience the way people in the States experience it. And I think Monotonics brought something. On one hand, they were very influenced by by a lot of American bands. Uh, I remember, do you know Federation X? Mm. Federation yeah. X were in Israel. I remember they, they, like we were all influenced by Federation X. You know, they came with, they were so loud and heavy and Monotonics were also, saw them and, and, and were really influenced by them. And of course, you know, there are obviously, we were listening at the time of Monotonics, you know, we were really into all these bands like, um, 
Volvo and Jesus Lizard and 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 Shellac and and um, obviously you know Iggy Pop influenced Monotonics and uh, there, there there are many Americans that uh, you you could sense the influence but they still brought something very Israeli you know in Hebrew we say chutzpah you know mm-hmm. this uh, <laughs> yeah. they they brought this chutzpah like uh, to, to the to the rock and roll and I think uh, that's part of uh, what what people enjoyed. That's an interesting perspective, Greg, right? Because mm-hmm. what I've always said about Jesus Lizard, who you just name-dropped, Tamar, is uh, to only know the records or even the YouTube uh, videos, y- you're getting about 10% of what the Jesus Lizard was because mm-hmm. you ain't sort of lived, especially not lived the Jesus Lizard until, you know, David Yao has been body surfing over your head, spitting and sweating on you, <laughs> you know. All I know is that life is good. What are you going to be able to do? Are you going to be able to tour All Bets Are Off in Europe and the States again? Are you, uh, what are you hoping to do now that the world is slowly opening up? Yes, I already have a European tour planned. We're working on planning uh, our U.S. tour. So that's definitely something that I look forward to. Yeah, and I hope to, rec- to next time I tour the States, I hope to already record the next album. Are, are you going to go back to Daptone? It's a good question. It's a good question. You know, I that mean, guy Albini has a little studio here in Chicago <laughs> uh, where he talks about the joys of miking a drum set with one mic. And, it would be uh, a dream to record with Albini, actually. It would be, it would yeah. be a dream come true. Oh, you know, that's, he's got this attitude idea. of, I, I'm, a, I'm a plumber. If your pipe is broken, I'll come over and fix your... You know, I mean, he'll work with anybody if you pay him. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> you know. He should do you for free, though. I saw I saw a lot of interviews with Albini, um, so yeah. I mean, I know I have yeah, a, you I, know I ha- it's, it's it's like it's I mix, have this feeling. It's a mixed bag. He hasn't talked. I, I have to me, I have uh, a feeling that you know if if I it's like yes sir yes sir you know yeah, I, mean, yeah. I don't see a no sir there. <laughs> well, you know, I, I and, you know, see, I, I I'm, I'm a you fan. working with him like like P.J. Harvey. You know, I'm sure Polly Jean didn't take any crap from that guy, and I'm sure you'd put him in his place. And get I'm, the I'm a fan. You, you know, I will I will be starstruck. You know. Yeah, yeah. All bets are off, and I understand you came up with that title before the pandemic, but it seemed like it have extra special meaning now that we we've been through this. Prophetic in a sense of the way you approaching are you're you approaching life now too. I don't know. You tell me. Good question. Yes, All Bets Are Off. I named the album before the pandemic. It was meant to symbolize uncertainties in life in a way that, you know, deepens the the cognitive dissonance. One has, you know, for example, when you buy a washing machine and you're not sure you bought the best washing machine and you want to convince <laughs> yourself that the washing machine is, is good. So you start seeing this washing machine everywhere. Like you start seeing everyone buying this washing machine and, you, and it makes you feel like uh, you did the right, tr- the right choice. And I mean, the name meant to represent the situation where you don't know exactly what's going to happen. And, and it definitely 
it was very relevant during the pandemic when you have a small factor like a virus canceling all the former assumptions and changing reality. But on the same time, it also has an optimistic meaning because it means everything is open, right? It's like the name mm. has the word off in it, but actually you guys use it when you want to say that everything can happen. So you can't avoid drastic situations and changes in life. Life is about drastic changes and life is about having unpredictable things happen to you. And once you realize that, that life is not something that stays stable the whole time, I think it's easier to, to deal with it and cope with it. Yeah, learning to accept uh, the unexpected. Yes, exactly. You must remember this. A kiss is just a kiss. A sigh is just a sigh. The fundamental things apply as time goes by. We have been talking to Tamar Afek, uh, Old Bets Are Off, fantastic album. Thank you so much, Tamar. Thank you so much for having me. That wraps up our conversation with Tamar Afek, although I think we could have gone on forever, Greg. <laughs> now we want to hear from you. Do you have any thoughts about this incredible Israeli artist? Leave a voice message on our website, soundopinions.org. Mr. Cott, what do we have on the show next week? Jim, next week we're going to tackle some of the biggest album releases of recent week, and we're also going to have some of our guest artists uh, give us their Desert Island Jukebox picks. And this week on our bonus podcast, we've got an interview with Leon Bridges about his latest album, Gold Digger Sound. Sounds great. For more sound opinions, listen to our podcast wherever you find such things. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this program belong solely to sound opinions and not necessarily to Columbia College Chicago or our sponsors. And speaking of sponsors, every week our show reaches hundreds of thousands of curious listeners from around the globe via podcast and on 150 public radio stations nationwide. If you'd like to learn more on how your business or organization can also reach this engaged and educated audience, you can email sponsor at soundopinions.org. That's sponsor at soundopinions.org. Thanks, as always, to our Patreon supporters. Sound Opinions is produced by Andrew Gill, Alex Claiborne, our associate producer, Sol Delgadillo, and our social media consultant is Katie Cobb. you lied, said you didn't want me. Tell me what was I supposed to do?